Welcome, beloved. Welcome to Heart to Hearts, poems, psalms, stories, and scripture readings with Alicia. Today, beloved family and friends, it's going to be a story. A true story. A personal story. And I'm entitling this Getting Rid of Unresolved Baggage. Beloved, so many times we may think we're over something because we just pushed it down and tried to forget about it, but it was never resolved, you know, no closure. It comes back up. And I'm going to tell you this story, and hopefully it will help others. You know, I wanted to make sure that I had the right heart and the right mind when I told this story, because this was something that really, really hurt me and really angered me at that at one time. Okay, um... All right, Father, I put myself in your hands, Father Yahuwah. Oh, by by your precious set-apart spirit, help me do this right. Get rid of this unresolved baggage and be able to help others that are listening get rid of their unresolved baggage that's hindering us from receiving your barakah, your blessings, and your favor. And I pray all this in the name of my darling salvation, Yahusha Mashiach, he who is known by most as Jesus. The Messiah. Okay, beloved. My intent or reason for sharing this story is to free myself from something that has haunted me for many years. This unresolved incident happened more than several years ago here in Taiwan. The place where the incident took place was Brown Sugar, a very famous international internationally known restaurant and jazz club. Now, I know I've mentioned the gospel brunch I produced and hosted there every other Sunday for about six months, billed as Black Pearl's Gospel Soul and Jazz for Jesus Sunday brunch. I know I mentioned that in earlier podcasts, but later on, during that same time, but later on, Months after the gospel brunch was over, I was favored and blessed by being given a special night of gospel soul and jazz. Yes, they gave me a gospel soul and jazz night, and it was great. I had a great band. You see, Brown Sugar was known for having the best jazz musicians in Taiwan. It was and it was called Brown Sugar because they originally booked international black female vocalists. They called him Brown Sugar, okay? Well, 
we we played some great jazz, soul, and gospel, even some Motown. In uh, most of the songs, I would change the lyrics to praise, you know, the Father and my Savior. At that time, I referred to them as God or the Lord and Jesus Christ. Let me give you some examples. Okay, I'm going to turn this down. Let me give you some examples. For instance, like, what a difference a day makes. I would sing it like this. What a difference a prayer makes. 24 little hours. Now there's sun and there's flowers. Where there used to be rain. <laughs> okay, so forgive me right now. I'm in an uncomfortable position where it's not good to sing. But I just want to give you some examples of some of the things I did. Oh, yeah, and uh, fever. You know, remember, fever. This is how I do it. Everybody's got sin fever. That is something we all know. Fever isn't such a new thing. Cause sin started long ago. So jump in the water, y'all. Wait in the water. Wait in the water. Come on and wait in the water. Cause God's gonna trouble the water. You know, I said somebody bit off each other because I could put fever and wait in the water. The music just ran <laughs> perfect. You know, I don't know where I got that idea. I was inspired. <laughs> and then there was, you know, that, oh, we did even did a Motown. What was that? And we did a, how sweet it is to be loved by you. Remember that song? Need is the shelter of someone's arms, Lord. And there you were. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs. And there you were. Hey, with sweet love and devotion. Deeply touch my emotion. I'm going to stop and thank my Savior. I'm just going to stop and thank you, Jesus. That's what I said back then. When I was saying Jesus, that's right, in the nightclub. And then, yeah, it just took a lot of I mean, everything I did. It was for him. Oh, and even what's that song? Oh, uh, rescue me. How did that go? Um, rescue me and take me in your arms. Rescue me, protect me from all harm. Cause I'm lonely and I'm blue. I need you. And your love to come on and rescue me. Come on, Savior, and rescue me. Come on, Jesus, and rescue me. Because I need you by my side. Can't you see that I'm lonely? Rescue me. <laughs> oh, I had fun changing the lyrics. And, of course, I, and I did my old traditional one. Uh, I had to sing this one in a low key like my grandmother would sing it. I think, wait a minute. Go. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. While I'm on this tedious journey, oh, oh I want you, Lord. To walk with me. Hey. Woo. I used to, we used to rock that one. And, and the people in the house, they loved it. We would rock that one. 
Okay. <laughs> well, that was just to give you a sort of a uh, idea of what the type of things I was doing. It was a lot more. I mean, a lot of great stuff. And, and the band was awesome. But anyway, <laughs> getting getting on with the story. And I have to tell you, this story, it's very hard for me to do this because I didn't realize how much it still bothered me after all these years. So, getting on with the story. There was a pastor that took advantage of me and of the fruit of my labor of getting gospel in the most famous nightclub in Taiwan. You know, I'm very proud to say I was the only vocalist doing that or that they would let do that at that time. You see, I was very serious about my walk and sharing my faith. She also took advantage of my kindness and I guess you can say my um, Christianity as well. I mean, that's what I referred to myself as then. Um, now I refer to myself as an ambassador. You see, she, a female pastor, had become friends or acquaintance with one of the owners of the restaurant and nightclub at the time who attended their church. And he must have let her know what I was doing there um, at Brown Sugar one night a week. You know, she had known about my Gospel Sunday brunch before. As a matter of fact, that's where I met her. And she attended a couple of times, and I was very happy and grateful to have her. Because remember, I told you, most Christians didn't support it. So whenever a pastor took time to come and encourage and support me, it really made me happy, and it did encourage me. But what happened later, this pastor would go behind my back and do something she led others to believe that it was okay with me. She wanted to bring another group uh, that they were hosting. I believe they were from, from Korea, another Christian group, uh, and wanted them to perform, at, perform on my gospel soul and jazz night at Brown Sugar. Not their own night, my night. She told them at Brown Sugar she was my friend and it would be okay. You know, that she had talked to the owner and, and she was my friend, it'd be okay. But pur purposely neglecting to get in touch with me and ask me if it would be okay. And because she said she was my friend and the fact that she was a pastor, the manager who, who was a dear friend of mine allowed her to to bring the show in after she convinced him it was all right with me. You know, she not only put them in on my night, but took the first set, which is the most important set. So when I got there, there were a lot of people in my dressing area. They completely took it over. I had no place to sit with my musicians, uh, you know, away from the audience. We had a section. We, we were away from the audience. All of their equipment was on 
was on the stage and then ours was moved out of the way and they were ready to go on with the show without my knowledge. Needless to say, I was shocked and asked what was going on. And the manager said, your, your, your friend, your friend said it was okay with you. Your friend, the pastor said it was okay for us to do this. He could see that I wasn't happy and quite surprised. I said, and I said, what friend? Because as far as I knew, I didn't have a female pastor friend that I knew of. You know, I was confused, wondering, who is this? And he kept saying, you're your friend. And, and I didn't want to alarm him because then he was, he, he was looking like, uh-oh, did I do something wrong? You know, because he was such, such a sweetheart and he would never intentionally do anything to hurt me. But so later, a little later, here she comes in and, and walks in and stands next to me, you know, with others around and say very nervously, it was me, it was me. I guess the manager told her I didn't know who she was and um, he was a little nervous about what he had done. I looked down at her. You know, she was much shorter than me. And she could see I was not happy with her. You know, beloved, I am very transparent. You know if I don't like something, or if I do like something, I, I can't pretend. I don't even want to pretend. But you know, people were looking at me, my band, the manager, and others. Nobody but the Heavenly Father, her and I knew what she did. How she, for her own gratification, wanted to put a feather in her cap, so to speak, as being the one to get this Christian group from Korea to perform at the top jazz nightclub in Taiwan and most of Asia then at that time. You know, I did not want the manager to feel bad, and I did not want to give, at that time, Christianity a bad name. <sighs> I did not want the club to know Christians could could be so conniving and dishonest and selfish, especially a pastor. So I held my peace, but it hurt me. It really hurt me. You know, it's like she, she counted on me not going off on her or embarrassing her because of the person I was. I was really trying to give, at that time I said, God, Um, my best by putting away my terrible temper and not going off like I would have not long before that, you know, before he changed me. I did not want to disappoint my father or my savior, but it was hard. I felt so disrespected, taken advantage of, and I felt like my hands were tied, like, like I was in prison because I was an ambassador I was representing the kingdom of heaven and the king of heaven. I had to hold my peace. Somebody had to show some integrity. Uh, you know, and I, I just kept seeing her face as she looked at me, knowing she was wrong. Knowing she was wrong. <laughs> and you know what? They put on a one and a half, well, one and a half hour performance. Now, now, don't get me wrong; they were, they were very, they were very good. 
but they were not what my audience was used to and not what was advertised. The audience that came to see us was as confused as we were. <laughs> when I say we, the band and I. You know, they gave a great concert. They had lots of musicians and uh, a lot of music, but this was not a concert atmosphere. I had built up something special, entirely different. There, there was no ministering or intimacy toward the people. There was no communication, just music. Great music now. <laughs> and um, after they played their 90 minutes, while we're over there waiting and the band is looking at me like, what is going on? And I'm trying to hold my, 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 my uh, I'm trying to keep it together because I was upset. I was hurt and I was upset. And you know, I mean, that a church, a pastor would do this, you know? And uh, <laughs> uh, after, you know, we waited the 90 minutes. They played their 90 minutes. Then we had to wait until they moved their equipment and then reset up our equipment which took all together was about two and a half hours. <laughs> By then, the night was almost over. My regular people that came to see us had left. And guess what? After they finished their performance, they got their stuff, you know, together. And then we finally got on stage. And then all the people they brought from their church to watch this group for the first time perform at Brown Sugar at my expense and my effort without my knowledge, they all got up and left in the middle of our first song. I mean, the rudest thing I've ever seen. About 70 or, I know it was a lot of them. And they had the audacity to wave at me as they left out. Now, now the group from Korea, they knew nothing about this. Even, you know, they knew nothing. They, they, all, they were just excited. They're going to get, they can go back and say, we performed at Brown Sugar. That's what it was all about. That's what it was all about. You know, um, and, and with all of them leaving out in the middle of our performance, which it was no little scene, you know, this was a, a big um, disruption, you know, and you're performing. Then all of a sudden you see they got all their stuff and all the people they're leaving out. And it was, I mean, they bought it and it was about what? It looked like 15, 20 people in their, in the, in their show, you know? And they were all happy. The pastor was proud of herself and what she had did for them. I remember the head pastor waving goodbye to me. I knew he, I knew he didn't know what his associate pastor had done to me behind my back. Nobody did but she and I. Oh, and the father. Um, and you know, after that, every time I saw saw that pastor. It's like she made sure she, she was not alone with me and always acted nervous and left quickly. She knew. She knew. I mean, like I said, and she knew by my demeanor and my face and everything that the first night, she could see my disapproval of her and what she did. I think she knew I wanted to talk to her. But see, I didn't want to embarrass her like she embarrassed me or make a scene. You know, that... that Two wrongs don't make a right. And you know, beloved, I have forgotten about this until someone mentioned her to me recently. And 
that feeling of hurt and dislike of her and what she did came flooding back into my memory. I thought I'd forgotten about it and I thought I was over it, but evidently not. So I decided I was going to get rid of this baggage and just tell the story. Since I basically kept it to myself (laughs) and that made it even harder keeping it to myself. Uh, with one exception I mean, uh, of telling a dear sister in the faith. I told her some of what happened, not everything. I didn't tell everything she did. And her brother, her brother was affiliated with that church. As a matter of fact, he was there when I told her. And after I told her in, in front of him, she looked at him and she said, that wasn't right. Looking at him like, this is unbelievable. Your church did that? He couldn't say anything. Actually, he looked embarrassed for his church. I don't think he really knew what all she did, but he knew they all got up and left in the, right in the middle. I mean, it was so rude. I mean, they couldn't even stay for one song or wait till we end the song, you know? They just came and got what they wanted and then just, you, hey, we're through with it now, <laughs> you know? So I've decided whenever... Or if ever I see this pastor again, wherever we are, I don't care, wherever we are, I'm just going to say to her, look her right in the face and say, look, I forgive you for what you did to me at Brown Sugar years ago. Whether she remembers or acknowledges it or not. And then just leave. No discussion. You know, no need for discussion. What what can she say? You know, I mean, I just say, I, I forgive you if... If she was if she was sorry about it, she would have said it a long time ago. She had opportunities. You know, she's probably forgotten all about it by now. You know, put it out of her mouth. And, and she probably forget about it until she sees my face. <laughs> you know, Scripture says we must let the brother or sister know when they have wronged us, you know, if we have some kind of something against them, even if they already know. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I feel like I, I, I should do. The only way I won't do this is if Yah says don't do it. I just want this gone. Since I've realized it's there, I want it gone. You know, you can try to forget hurtful things in your own strength, but if it was never resolved and you just pushed it down sooner or later, it will regurgitate, so to speak. It will come back up. You need Yah's, your Heavenly Father's supernatural help. You need His set-apart Spirit, which you call the Holy Spirit, to help you. And you need to make a decision to let it go. And leave it in Yah's hands. Or for most of you, you may say, in God's hand. Let Him vindicate you. And that's what I want to do. You know, and to be honest with you, I had to type type things out, some of the things out, because if just telling the story, I might just get too emotional. I mean, you know, you can get carried away. I, I really didn't even want to do this. I didn't even want to go back and reread it. It was like, I mean, I didn't want to relive it. So that's when I knew. I said, you know what? This is still alive. I've got to kill this. It, you know, it doesn't make... It's still the same. She was very, very wrong. 
And that's something no one else should do. And, and I'm really disappointed. I'd be disappointed in anybody, or any Christian or any believer, but a pastor, even more so, you know. The peop- but people are like that sometimes. Selfish, just to get, just to look, for them to look big and to look good in someone else's eyes. They don't care who they step on. Just like what they quote, just like the quote unquote, what they say, the world, you know. It's a, they do that in the church too. And it's just not right. So, you know, and I was wondering, I prayed a lot before I um, decided to do this story because I wanted to make sure I had the right heart. I didn't want to, any, to be, I didn't want it to be anything vindictive or, you know, trying to get back at someone. I just knew I needed to, I needed to, to end this. And, you know, like I said, I kept it to myself. Um, and, you know, every time when I see her trying to save her, <laughs> you know, trying to do the right thing. And sometimes you can hurt yourself, <laughs> you know, too. So everybody was feeling good and everybody was okay but me. So I'm trying to get me okay. So I hope you don't mind me sharing this story with you. And if there's anyone out there, if you have something like this or something where someone has hurt you and, you know, they never apologized or never admitted or you never, it was just never, you know, what do you call it? No closure. Then let this help you too. Get rid of it. Either write a letter to the Father or just talk it out to Him or whatever you have to do. And just, we make a decision to get rid of it, bury it forgive them, which, you know, I thought I had. I said I had, you know, but <laughs> evidently there was still something there because when I thought of her, when it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know her. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then I, that memory came. So, and I don't want that. That's too expensive. I don't want anybody, anybody taking up space in my mind. Nobody's worth that. Nobody's worth my salvation or me missing out on what the Father wants to do and to, tr- to give me and to trust me to do, you know, for others. It's too important. And I'm just, you know, bearing my soul. I don't know, you know, it's, it's not, uh, I'm not really caring about how, how, what do you say, um, how neat or correct I sound. I'm just trying to get rid of this. I'm trying to dump this, okay? And uh, with without dumping on others, just um, being transparent <laughs> and getting free. Let's get free. Don't you want to get free? If you have anything bothering you, get free. And I don't want to end on a bad note because, you know, uh, or a down note, hey, it's done. It's done. It's over. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm, and we're going to get on with our life. I'm going to get on with my life. You're going to get on with yours. Aren't you? Let it go. Let it go. It's okay. Because he knows. He knows everything. And beloved, holding resentment or anything like that is too expensive. It costs you too much. 
You have no idea things that it will cost you, blessings that you will miss because of that resentment or unforgiveness or whatever it is that you're holding inside against someone. Or that hurt, that hurt, hurt. Because, you know, anger is just a reaction from being hurt. And sometimes, and resentment is a lot of times is, is, is a reaction of being hurt. Because I was really, really hurt, deeply hurt, that someone would do that. You know? And you know what? If she had called me and asked me, I would have said, sure, that would be great. Let me talk to the band. But I would not have let them start. I would have, we would have did our first performance and then I would have introduced them, which is the right thing to do. So it's not like I would have said no. No, I wouldn't have done that. I would have thought, oh, that's great. I can, you know, and then I could introduce it to the, my, the audience and tell them we have, we have a great thing. It would have been, it would have been right. That would have been the right thing to do. But can't go back in the past. But just to let you know that I would have I would have said okay if she had asked me. Anyway, am I going back and forth? Father, we just thank you. I just thank you for allowing this to be brought up. I didn't I had forgotten. I didn't really know how deep I had buried it and then how how deep I still had hurt from that, feeling so betrayed. Thank you for allowing me this time to get rid of it. And Father, there are things we can't get rid of on our own. There are those, there are some listening that there are certain things they remember and they think about and it just hurts them so much they have to put it away to try to forget about it again. But they never forget about it. It comes up at different times. So right now, I'm hoping that they all come together with me and and just agree with me and saying, help us to get rid of this. I want to let it go. I want to be free. I don't want this to have any power over me ever again. To this moment, this day, this night, this afternoon, whatever the case may be with them. And I know, Father, you are so great and so wonderful. You who created the heavens and the earth with your great power and your outstretched arms. Is there anything too hard for you? No, nothing. All we have to do is give it to you and let you allow you to, to do it because you're not going to make us You gave us free will. We have to choose it. So I pray that everyone right now chooses with me to let go of any and everything that's been holding them down, making them feel hurt, making them feel betrayed, betrayed and belittled. Let it go now. It's just not worth it to miss all your beautiful, wonderful blessings that you have. And I pray all of this in the name of my darling, darling salvation, Yahusha. Yahusha, 
the Messiah, Mashiach, he who most people in the world know him as Jesus, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, beloved, thank you. Thank you for letting me share that with you, that story with you, and I hope it has helped someone. You know, and I'm feeling better already. You know, just uh, now that I know about this, and I'm going to end with something joyful. I'm going to play one of my joyful songs now. This is a song that friends of mine, um, the uh, Edwin Hawkins singers, recorded years ago. As a matter of fact, this is what put them on the map. And Dorothy Morrison was leading it. Oh, happy day! <laughs> yeah, and I play. I think I played this before. But this is my version, <laughs> you know. And if I was singing it today, if I was, I say, when Yahusha, you say, say, when Jesus washed my sins away, I would say, when Yahusha washed my sins away. <laughs> all right, okay. But you know, like I say, all the songs I recorded, I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> Everything I did was because of love. And I remind you, just say, when I said to him, if your name is Yahusha, why did you let me go all those years? calling you Jesus, and I, I did miracles and, and, and cast out demons in your name. How could that be? You know what he said? I know some of you heard me say it before and you remember. He said, it was your faith in that name. <laughs> yeah, it's our faith. And he knew, that's all we knew. And you know, if I had heard about this, his true name earlier years before, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have taken it. No, I mean, you know, Everything has a time, the right time. This was, this was a time, you know, that was the right time. And understand, because of my faith and because of your faith, you know, so I don't throw anything out that I did in his name. Now I just do it in the name of Yahusha. And when I pray for people, you know, when I go to, if I go to churches and pray for them, I say in the name of Yahusha Mashiach, I say, who is known to them as Jesus, you know. I acknowledge because most of my life I called him Jesus. That's all I knew. And I fell in love with that name Jesus and with the man Jesus. Now, I know I'm in love with Yahusha, who is called Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Yah. What does hallelujah mean? Yeah, praise you, Yah. All right, beloved. It's a happy day, don't you think? I know I'm... I'm babbling on so it's time let me just stop this bam like that okay and then let me just stop this bam there we go it's all good getting ready for oh happy day here we go i want the world to know the day i gave my life to god it was a, a happy day Yes, it was. Is there anybody else in the house knowing what I'm feeling? Yeah, we know what you're feeling. Spit an image. Gideon Ani, what you say? Give it up for the most high. Hey, come on, come on. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When my Jesus walked.
Shalom. See you next time.